Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 10, and I'm drinking Twalamore Dew, triple distilled Irish whiskey. Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur is created as a way for me to drink more. I really enjoy the flavors of liquors and liqueurs, and so I'm creating a podcast to drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been with me from the start, you should expect that I'll be well-researched and educational. Hope to also be entertaining as well as consistent. So why did I choose Twalamore Dew for this episode? And there's a couple of reasons. First, as I've been going through the liquor cabinet, kind of uh, checking what I have on hand, and unfortunately, or fortunately, I suppose, yet again, this is another bottle that I'd somehow been saving, quote-unquote saving, much like I did with a bottle of Bundaberg Overproof Rum from Episode 3. This one has been languishing in the back of my liquor cabinet for almost a decade. And so with all this liquor on hand, it's obvious that I really did need to drink more. And so the podcast is getting me to crack these bottles open. Twalamore Dew also has a connection with a famous cocktail, the Irish Coffee, from the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco that I'll talk about. Much like with the Grasshopper from Episode 8, I've had the Irish Coffee in the bar that made it famous. Another coincidence of Twalamore Dew that's very timely at the time that I'm recording this podcast in early June of 2020. In February of this year, Twalamore Dew released an ad called The Beauty of the Blend. Twalamore Dew is blended whiskey. This ad is very relevant with racial inequality issues that are going on now, so I will post a link to that in the show notes. It's, it's worth, a, worth a watch for sure. This is also my first foray into an old world whiskey, and uh, there's a ton of devoted fans for whiskeys, so uh, I may not delve as deeply into the nuances of the tasting notes of the spirit, and my palate may be less refined than some, but uh, I enjoy whiskeys nonetheless. So if you got some pointers for me on tasting, please let me know. But let's get to the spirit. So what I've got here is Twalamore Dew. I have a one liter bottle. It is 40% alcohol by volume, making it 80 proof. All right, moment of truth. Let's open this bottle. Screw cap. All right, let's get a pour here. As always, I have a nosing glass for the tasting, and I'm tasting neat at room temperature. A nosing glass is just a tulip-shaped glass typically used in whiskey tasting. It allows the aromas of the spirit to kind of gather up at the top and, and get a good nosing of it and uh, enjoy the flavors this way. All right, let's uh, smell it. I'll say it's not overpowering. Uh, the nose is rather subtle to me. I'm picking up a little bit of maltiness, some fruit notes, although indeterminate as far as what the fruit is, but fruity. Bit of sweetness, maybe like a, a honey, I want to say, but not entirely sure. It's, it's quite light, though. And of course, in the glass, it's a very kind of a, a light amber color, uh, whiskey color, as you would refer to it. And it's also got typical alcoholic tears, sort of the legs on the glass, just denoting the ethanol. Okay, let's give it a taste. Hmm. 
that is that is interesting. Okay, I like that, and it was rather unexpected. I get a lot of um, kind of cookie flavor. It tastes like cookies, a certain type of cookies, not not like chocolate chip cookies, but um, they'll refer to them as biscuits. It's it's the maltiness, I think, but combined with the sweetness, and there's some fruitiness to it as well. Maybe a bit of kind of apple flavor. I don't really catch a honey note necessarily, but it's it tastes like cookies. And I literally just had to Google the kind of cookie I was trying to explain, and it's the Bischoff cookie. You'll get them on airplanes oftentimes, and they actually grind them up and, and sell a, a cookie butter you can buy at the grocery stores. But that's the cookie flavor that I'm really tasting with this whiskey. And the finish, I really catch like fresh apple with the finish after I've kind of swallowed the spirit. So, on to the story, the history of Tuolumne And Tuolumne is the second best-selling Irish whiskey in the world. It's second only to Jameson. They move about a million cases annually, but I haven't found specific uh, numbers for the last few years. In some past episodes, I've struggled with the pronunciation of the spirit's name because it will not be English. It'll be either French or Italian, but Tuolumne is Irish. And the benefit of it being Irish is it's essentially English, but the brand ambassador I've seen for Tuolumne says that there's no particular way to pronounce it. He does note that the Irish pronunciation, do, ends up sounding more like Jew, but there's no particular way to say do or Tuolumne. Also, because this is an Irish whiskey, it's spelled with an E, like American whiskey, whereas the Scots, they drop the E. Uh, the difference in the spelling comes from the translations of the word from Scottish and Irish Gaelic forms, but whiskey, whiskey, they're pronounced the same, just with or without an E. As proudly noted on the bottle I have stamped into the glass, actually, the Tuolumne Dew dates back to 1829. However, Tuolumne Dew as a brand was launched in the 1890s. The whiskey was originally produced in Tuolumne Island, which is in the center of Ireland, at the old Tuolumne Distillery. So the Tuolumne comes from the original town name, but it's actually an anglicized version of Tullachmore, or Gaelic for kind of big hill. The due portion in the name, though, was christened by the new brand owners in around 2010 to give precedence or sort of honor the initials of Daniel E. Williams, so D-E-W, who was a stable boy who later became owner of the original distillery. But he wasn't there in 1829. Actually, he wasn't even born then. But that's why Tuolumne Dew came to prominence in like the 1890s after he was the owner and really had a hand in the brand. The current bottle you can buy on the shelves today, as well as the Tuolumne website, really play up the initials of D-E-W, do, that's with periods in it. They actually modified the logo a little bit so that it's D-E-W with periods. However, my bottle from 2011 simply has do as a word with no periods. And I may be correct in my hunch that prior to the current owners buying the brand, that the do just referred to, it was akin to morning do, much in the same way that like a Canadian brand brand of whiskey Canadian Mist makes you think of droplets of water. In 1954, the original Tuolumne distillery closed, and whiskeys were produced under license by various companies, notably in Middleton, County Cork in Ireland, up until 2014. 
2014, the current owners opened a new distillery back in the hometown of Twellamore, so it came back about 60 years after it closed. In the 1940s and 50s, the Irish whiskey industry was kind of waning. It had been struggling for a number of reasons. Uh, prohibition in the U.S. contributed to part of it, but uh, there were a lot of reasons, and several distilleries had closed, those prior to Twellamore as well, and the industry found salvation in consolidation. Twalamore was sold to Powers, which is another famous Irish whiskey. So the Powers family bought Twalamore in the early 1960s. And in 1966, most of the surviving Irish whiskey companies joined forces to form the United Distillers of Ireland. This new company included, of course, Twalamore Dew via Powers, but also Jameson and some others. The new company soon changed their name to Irish Distillers Limited, and by the early 1970s, it was known as the Irish Distillers Group. At some point, Pernod, the French uh, large spirits conglomerate, ended up owning or having a controlling stake in the Irish Distillers Group. And in 1994, Twalamore Dew was sold off to CNC Group, which is a much smaller distilled spirits holding company. CNC Group owned Twalamore Dew until 2010 when William Grant and Son bought the brand for 300 million euro and they own it to this day. William Grant and Son is a family-owned Scottish distillery group. They own a number of uh, distilleries including Glenfiddich and William Grant and Son were responsible for the new distillery built in Twalamore, which was 35 million euro, and they aided in the brand expansion from then on. So how they make Twalamore Dew is, is rather interesting. So as I stated earlier, Twalamore Dew is a blend, and a blend is not a bad thing. With the rise of single malt scotch, everybody thinks that blend maybe is a, a bad thing to do, but actually blending is a great thing that gives you consistency over time. And I'd argue that Twalamore Dew as a blend is a good one at that. It's also unique in that it is a triple blend of Irish whiskey types using the three types of Irish whiskey made, which are grain, malt, and pot, and uh, uses three cask styles as well, which is ex-bourbon, ex-sherry, and refilled Irish. The current marketing for Twalamore Dew really focuses on what they call the power of three, and this is clever and also correct. Everything they do seems to come in threes. Twalamore is triple distilled. It's a blend of three different types of whiskey. The ingredients are also just three. It's grain, water, and yeast. And it's also said that fermentation takes about three days as well. So the three different types of whiskey are rather interesting. So there's a grain whiskey, and the grain whiskey tastes cookie-like. And this is really the note that I'm catching when I'm tasting the spirit. And the cookie note is sort of this maltiness. It's distilled in a column still or a coffee still. Coffee was the man that invented this uh, kind of continuous distillation still. The second type of whiskey, which is the bulk of what's in this bottle, is a single malt and the single malt really has the fruity flavors. It's described as juicy fruit or starburst flavors. It's that fruity on its own, but of course you can't taste it on its own unless you're getting a sample from the cask, and they do have tours at the distillery, so you can probably sample it there, but unless you're with you know, a brand ambassador or somebody that has access to the cask, you're never going to get the single malt on its own. A single malt simply just refers to the fact that 100% of the grain that they're using for the distillation is malted barley. And malted simply means that the grain has been allowed to sprout and then the growth is halted and the sprouted grain is then milled, fermented, and used in distillation. 
and the single malt is pot stilled, so they're not using the column still like in the grain whiskey, but they're pot stilling it. That distillation process gives it the, the fruitiness that comes through from the malted barley. And the single malt is said to make up 63.2% of the blend of Twelamore Dew, so it is better than half of what's in the bottle. And then the third type of whiskey in the blend is simply referred to as pot still whiskey. And the difference between pot still whiskey and the single malt, which is also distilled in a pot still, is that the pot still is not 100% malted barley. In fact, it's generally about a 50-50 malted and unmalted grain. So you've got germinated barley and ungerminated barley that they're milling and then fermenting and distilling. The reason that the Irish whiskey industry uses a pot still whiskey rather than just all single malt is it traces its roots all the way back to 1775 and tax laws, which was a malt tax. So there was a tax on the amount of malt used in a whiskey, and the less malt that you used, the less tax you would pay. So obviously, smart (laughs) distillers figured, hey, let's cut this. And so about a 50-50 blend ends up being pot still whiskey rather than kind of single malt. So it's still pot stilled, but it's a mix. And the interesting thing about Twalamore Dew with their pot still whiskey is it's the only type of whiskey that they're making that they then age in ex-sherry barrels. And the U-sherry barrels used in maturation give it additional flavors. You get some of the uh, different spicy notes come out of these. The other types of whiskey, so the single malt and the grain whiskey, are aged either in refilled Irish whiskey barrels or ex-bourbon barrels, so used bourbon barrels. So with all these different kind of components and different maturation processes, the blending really makes it sing and gives it this kind of creative balance of uh, a triple distilled, blended, smooth whiskey. So the reason that I've had this particular bottle for nearly a decade is because I bought it in a gift pack at the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco while I was on vacation there. And until recently, I'd stayed in the box with a set of four Irish coffee glasses. One of the great things about distilled spirits is that they're basically static. Unlike wine, they don't really change in the bottle with age. They're essentially static. So this bottle of mine I've kept you know, in a stable environment, out of sunlight, so it basically tastes like it did when I bought it. And I bought it because I had the cocktail that made it famous, or what introduced me to Twalamore Dew for sure, which was the Irish coffee at the Buena Vista. But I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit in the story. And also, Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur isn't meant to be a cocktail show, but Twalamore Dew is so deeply tied to the Buena Vista Irish coffee that they actually do a special labeling for it. And the bottle I have is labeled with the official whiskey of the Buena Vista, and you can still buy it today at the Buena Vista with its special label. And I've had the pleasure of enjoying the Irish coffee at the Buena Vista. I took a trip with my wife in 2011, and we enjoyed several at the bar. They were poured by the master himself, which is a bartender named Paul Nolan, who has been behind the bar at the Buena Vista for over 40 years, and he is the undisputed master. He's likely poured four to five million, (laughs) that's like thousand thousands, Irish coffees in his day. And the story of the Irish coffee at the Buena Vista is recounted on the Buena Vista's website, which I'll link to. But essentially, the story goes like this. A reporter named Stanton Del Plaine and the owner of the Buena Vista at the time, a man named Jack Kopfler, they sought to replicate a famous Irish coffee that was served at the Shannon Airport in Ireland. 
Now right here is where I wonder about an airport bar serving a drink that's worthy of writing home about. But if the Buena Vista's Irish coffee is a fitting match, it's definitely worth writing home about. And it's a good thing that they kind of replicated it and made it famous. So anyway, in November of 1952, Stan and Jack began experimenting, uh, but they couldn't quite get the recipe right. They were going off recollections and what they had on hand, which was a well-stocked bar, I'm sure, but didn't quite get the the recipe right. They kept trying though and Jack, the owner of the Buena Vista, even traveled to the Shannon Airport in Ireland to try the original. So I mean he he bought a plane ticket, flew halfway across the world to try this out, to try the original. Upon his return he had sorted out the drink mostly. He had selected Tuolumore Dew as the right tasting Irish whiskey, and that's why we're drinking it on this episode. But the cream on top of the drink took the involvement of San Francisco's mayor. The mayor in 1952 was also a dairy owner, and he helped guide Jack to the right method of preparing the heavy cream so that it would float like a swan atop the coffee. And once they had perfected the recipe, they had a hit on their hands and in short order were pouring hundreds of Irish coffees. On an average day, the Buena Vista pours 2,000 Irish coffees and it's not a particularly large bar. It is, however, located across the street from the cable car terminus of Fisherman's Wharf. So one of the popular San Francisco cable cars kind of ends there. My wife and I, of course, rode it down to the bottom to Fisherman's Wharf. We got off and the Buena Vista is just kind of kitty corner from where they turn the cable car around. So it's obviously a popular tourist spot. But 2,000 Irish coffees a day is about 100 bottles of Tuolumore Dew. The Buena Vista is said to get weekly deliveries of just cases and cases to allow them to serve up to 100 bottles of Tuolumore Dew daily. And that volume makes the Buena Vista Cafe in San Francisco the largest pourer by volume of Irish whiskey in the world. And at the bar, it's a veritable production line. The mixing or almost manufacture of Irish coffees is worthy of a show. And my wife and I, we sat at the bar, which we prefer to do when we're out. We like to actually sit at the bar and see the bartenders work their craft. But the Irish coffee takes a special six ounce glass, which I got in my gift pack when I bought this bottle. It came with four glasses, but it's a special kind of six ounce goblet. It's first filled with hot water to kind of heat it and then the hot water is dumped and the glass gets two CNH sugar cubes because they're said to dissolve better than kind of beet sugar or other cheaper sugar cubes but it gets two lumps of sugar and then it's three quarters filled with hot coffee. The bartender then mixes the sugar with a spoon in the hot coffee and will kind of level it out. He may dump some of the coffee out when you've got 20 glasses all lined up end to end and they've all poured them full of coffee and he's going through and, and mixing sugar with the coffee quite quickly. And then when he's happy with that, he comes with a long pour of about one and a third ounce of Tuolumore Dew added to each glass and then kind of gives it a little flourish to run the bottle across the top and give them a little extra splash just for good measure. And then they take a fresh heavy whipping cream, lightly whip it, and using a spoon they kind of float it 
on the top. And so you get a cold cream floating atop hot coffee that's mixed with almost a whiskey float on top because they don't mix it after they pour the whiskey into the coffee. So the proper way to consume the Irish coffee at the Buena Vista is to drink it through the cold cream. Don't mix it and you get the whiskey flavor, the Tuolumne Dew, with the coffee, the sugar, and the cold cream. And it's quite delightful. So if you're ever in San Francisco and after COVID-19, as the time of this recording, the global pandemic of the novel coronavirus is still going strong. Hopefully that will wane and <laughs> kind of go away. We can sort of get back to normal a little bit. But if that comes to pass and you're ever in San Francisco, go to the Buena Vista, get an Irish coffee with Tuolumne Dew. You'll appreciate it. Interestingly, Tuolumne Dew's website does not list an Irish coffee in their cocktail section. They just kind of don't mention it. So that mostly covers the story of Tuolumne Dew and the Irish coffee from the Buena Vista, where I was first introduced to the spirit. And I'll say I really enjoyed the research on this episode and the trip down memory lane. I went digging for photos of my wife and I on our vacation in San Francisco in 2011. I'll share some photos of me with an Irish coffee there in the bar on uh, our social media channels. And I'm, again, kind of sorry I waited this long to open the bottle. Tuolumne Dew is delightful. The apple kind of flavor finish and the real cookie maltiness on the on the palate is really nice. So it's almost a shame I've had it locked away all this time. But that'll do it for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please do subscribe and share. Show notes are on Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. The show is also on social media. That's where I post most of the photos. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please leave me your feedback. And as always, thank you for listening.